The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and any, all the boat rockers who are in the house as well, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. We're going to see who's on the straight and narrow uh, here in a moment. It won't be very many. Um, <clears throat> I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Go to SonsOfLibertyRadio.com or SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you head over to SonsOfLibertyRadio or SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, you can scroll down. You can see us broadcasting live right on the right side of the page. And while you're there... Uh, don't forget that Bradley comes on. We got uh, it's like a tag team. Um, I'm in the morning. Bradley comes on at 3 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch him on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com right above the video right above where uh, we're streaming live. Also, right above those videos on the right side of the page, please subscribe to our email newsletter. Uh, we don't spam you. We don't rent your email out. We don't sell it to anybody. You get one email from us a day, and that's it. And this is all the articles that we do, Bradley, myself, and the contributors we have at SonsLibertyMedia.com. You'll get that each day. It also includes the archive of the show that I talk about. So there's going to be several articles and a video, at least one that I can think of, that's going to be in there today. I'm going to play some of that for you. Now, you guys listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, you'll be able to hear what's in that video. And it's based off a true account in our history. Okay, and that video, I'll tell you a little bit more about it in just a little bit. Okay, so just just hang on. You guys will be able to hear it. You'll be able to know exactly what's being said. And I think many of you will appreciate the information that's there. And uh, at least what one humble young man or I should say older man did in our history with a very famous man in our history. Okay, so we'll get to that in just a minute. While you're at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, we have needs. We let you know that we have needs. If you'd like to support us, if you agree with the message that we have, you want to hear that not only on the Internet but on the radio and also as we go out across the nation and teach about Christian and constitutional heritage of the United States, you can help support that. There's a donate button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Click on that and you can make a one-time donation or you can become a partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty. That's also at the top of the page at sonsoflibertymedia.com. 
And then we have a store there where you can pick up products, T-shirts and hats and coffee mugs and all that stuff. And that helps support the Sons of Liberty as well. And we appreciate all that you do to help us do what we do here at the Sons of Liberty. Now, with that said, we're looking at more, quote-unquote, COVID relief. See, one of the things that gets me is, is that these bills that are put forward, as though they're constitutional and they're not, they're not, they're always given these freedom-sounding titles, aren't they? These liberty-loving-sounding titles, these patriotic-sounding titles, these charitable kind of titles. Except there's one problem with all of it. They're the exact opposite of what they are put up to be. The Patriot Act is the most unpatriotic act ever signed into law and reauthorized both by Republican presidents, President Bush and President Trump. The USA Freedom Act, also done by President Trump. It's the, it's the furthest thing from freedom. It was everything teed up for Joe Biden to come in here and do what he's doing. Okay? Then we have, we, we've looked at uh, different bills on Wednesday with regard to education. Every student succeeds. That sounds good, doesn't it? Huh? So all these things sound good. And then when you look at them, it's not about the students succeeding at all. It's about government and corporations data mining you and your kids and controlling you. That's what it's about. And behind it all is the money. Behind it all is the money. Now, let me just start out with this. This is our Constitution. Okay? And we're going to bring the Bible in here too. Okay? Article 1, Section 8. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States, but all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. Well, i got to tell you, this is a place that I'm just going to tell you, this is a place where the Constitution should be corrected. It's wrong. We should never have given these guys power to tax us. Ever, never, ever, never, ever, never. It ends up being theft. You can say what you want to, but it's 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 theft. And I'm going to show you that in just a minute. I'm going to show you how it is theft. We gave them power to borrow money on the credit of the United States. That means tack that bill onto you and me. That's wrong too. The Bible warns against that. We also gave them power to coin money, regulate the value thereof, and a foreign coin, and fix the standard of weights and measures. Now that, I can deal with. We also said to provide for the punishment of counterfeiting the securities and current coin of the United States. And one of the things that you don't want to do is you don't want to counterfeit money. Because you're going to go to jail for a long time. And then everybody else is going to use counterfeited money by the government through the Federal Reserve to keep to keep that person, to keep you up through the labors of everybody else on the outside. See how that works? 
This is why I despise these, this idea that the government can somehow break the laws that they're, in, they're supposed to uphold in order to catch people who are breaking those laws. Perfect example is one that we live with pretty much every day. We, we, tell, we say that speed kills. It doesn't, but we say that. And then somebody's doing 60 and a 55 and a cop has to do 90 to catch up with them. Who's putting who in more danger? Just asking. Who's putting who in more danger? That's just a simple one. But then we get to the issues where money is just being counterfeited. That's what the Federal Reserve does. They counterfeit money. Because who's supposed to regulate the standard of weight and measures? Congress is. The Federal Reserve is not even part of our government. It sounds governmental, doesn't it? But it's not. This is how we get unconstitutional wars. This is how we get unconstitutional bills. This is how we get the, the... And I'm not just talking about foreign wars. I'm talking about the war on drugs, the war on terror, the war on whatever it is. This is where this comes from. It comes from the fact that now they can write bills, they can, they can counterfeit money, which then loses its value, which then causes inflation... Don't tell me that's not theft, people. It is theft. One of the, uh, the Rothschilds, Amschel, said, Give me control of a nation's money supply, and I care not who makes its laws. Give me control of the nation's money supply, and I care not who makes its laws. Now, why am I setting that up? Well, I'm setting it up because first part of... This year, or excuse me, first part of February, which is still in the first part of, obviously, 2021, the House and the Senate and China Joe all agreed on more unconstitutional socialism. Now, let me tell you something. Some of you people continue to have the idea that Democrats are socialists and Republicans are not. And they're both doing the same thing. They're both engaging in a form of socialism one just a little more than the other, although now it's becoming apparent that they seem to be outdoing each other. Because when they agreed with Biden on a $1.9 trillion COVID relief, just remember, it was last year, around this time, that Donald Trump and the Congress then agreed on up to a $6.5 trillion COVID relief. You remember that? I'm just bringing this into perspective for you people who can't see the difference between the, or not the lack of difference, you can't see the difference between what's going on in both parties. They're both leading us down the same path. So this is what was reported earlier this year. This by the New York Post, okay? President Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief plan advanced a second time Friday. This was at the, at the first, in the first week of February. When the House of Representatives quickly approved a budget resolution that Senate Democrats pushed through with the help of the White House hours earlier, the 219 to 209 vote in the Democrat-controlled House fell almost exactly along party lines. <laughs> Imagine that. With Representative Jared Golden Democrat of Maine, the only member to break ranks and oppose the plan. You say, well, see there, Tim, it, almost, it fell along almost, almost along party lines. 
Yeah, but it didn't follow along party lines when Donald Trump did it, did it? No, because that's what the Democrats wanted to go through. And I'll tell you, let me, let me remind you of something else. There was one guy in the House, Thomas Massey from Kentucky, who called everybody out and said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And let me give you a real quick recap on that. That COVID relief bill last year, what was it, March or April sometime, it came out then. You know, with the $1,200 checks in it, right? <clears throat> that COVID bill came out in Congress in January of 2019, more than a year before. It had nothing to do with COVID. It was all about some changes to IRS code that was going to keep them from taking more money from you. It was almost unanimously passed in like June or July of 2019. And it sat there until March of last year. Okay, so that's what? Six, seven, eight, about eight or nine months it sat there. Approved, and Thomas Massey had voted for it. Then they brought it up and they stuffed all this unconstitutional spending that was going to banksters and corporations and small businesses and every Tom, Dick, and Harry under the sun in the, in the United States and then some other places too. And Tom, Thomas Massey stood up because what they wanted to do was they wanted to have a vote where no, you know, we're not recording the names of the votes. We're just going to count the numbers. And Thomas Massey's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The Constitution says, no, you got to count who's there. And who smacked him down? Was it a Democrat? Nope. President Donald Trump called him out and said he should be kicked out of the Republican Party. This is a guy with a 100% constitutional vote by the Freedom Index. And Donald Trump says, he's showboating. He's grandstanding. Now, he was calling them to be constitutional. He was calling them to own their vote so that people knew exactly who was giving the store away, who was putting them and their children into debt. That's what he was doing. By the way, if you'd like to call in, you've got a comment, or you've got a question, or you want to put some, in, you want to have some input in here, happy to hear from you, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. You can also catch us on beforeitsnews.com. I just remembered to say those things, so I, I apologize. Okay. The New York Post continued, the move sets up a reconciliation process in which congressional committees will draft a bill based on Biden's sweeping proposal, which includes $1,400 stimulus checks and a $15 an hour minimum wage. So they're going to print more money. They're going to put you in more debt, which is going to devalue your dollar. It's going to cause inflation. And then they think it's going to help to... Push in a $15 an hour minimum wage. What do you think that's going to do? Stop and just think about that a second. Because my kids were asking me about it, and they said, Dad, I mean, it sounds good you're going to make more money, but some of my kids were a little upset because they started off working where they are at like $7 and something an hour. They've moved up to where they're making $15 an hour, okay, over the course of a couple of years. And they're like, well, these people coming in are going to be making as much as us. I said, yeah, I know. And it's government mandated. It's not an agreement between the employer and the employee to come to an agreement and say, well, you work for this amount of money so that we can produce these kinds of things. We can keep the cost down. I was listening to a a guy the other day talk about when he moved to a certain part of the country 
And one of the things he said was, when I came to this, this area of the country just a few years ago, he said, you could buy a two-by-four for a buck sixty-eight. I can remember those days. I can remember the days when it was just right. It was just a little over a dollar. In fact, sometimes you could get it for about 99 cents. And that wasn't too long ago. He said, now that same two-by-four is $6.18. The same two-by-four. The same piece of wood. Why is that? Now, you're told inflation is not that big a deal. Your government gives you, they're truthful with you, right? You believe that, right? You believe government's truthful and honest with you, right? <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we're given. Now, <clears throat> just, you know, and I've got some links in here. I'm going to put these articles up in the archive, but I've got some links in here. And you really, and they're there to remind you of of the past because I got to tell you, even me, I forget certain things. I forget things that I've written on and I'm like, wow, that that didn't happen too long ago and I completely forgot about that. The biggest heist in history. That one you ought to really hear. COVID-19, the multi-trillion dollar stimulus and indoctrination. We talked about that with education. What's all in the unconstitutional COVID relief bill just signed by Trump? You say, what's the Democrats? Trump put his name on it, folks. He's supposed to veto that. He has the power of the veto. Some of the other things that came out of that. Hospital got $121,000 in COVID relief, even though it's been closed for a year and owes $1.2 million in unpaid federal taxes. See, this is the kind of corruption that gets in there when you let it in. We've got several things that were snuck in the COVID stimulus bill. Um, I, I mean, the misuse by the Pentagon, a billion dollars of COVID funding. Then in this latest, this latest round before Trump went out of office, he was trying to get $2,000 checks instead of $600. But, but we're not a socialist country. No, we're, we're not a socialist country. <clears throat> There's all kinds of things that I can point to in this. Um, one is <clears throat> that it's unconstitutional. I read you who is supposed to coin money and what they're supposed to do, okay? And by the way, the Constitution says that our money is to be gold and silver. It's not to be this paper fiat currency. Article 1, Section 10 says this, No state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of mark and reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts, pass any bill of attainder, ex post facto law, or law impairing the obligation of contracts, or grant any title of nobility. How many of you are walking around with gold and silver? Now, you used to could say that the paper money represented gold and silver because you could take it to your bank. It would be a silver note, whatever. You could go in there and you could trade a $5 bill for $5 worth of gold or $5 worth of silver. You used to could do that. <clears throat> so they, there was an equality for that. But now, go into your bank and try to get some silver or some gold for that piece of Monopoly money that you got in your wallet. You're going to get laughed out of the bank. 
Those little things are IOU notes. <laughs> and it's not the government or the Federal Reserve owes you. It's you owe them. That's the IOU here. Okay? Now, what do we know from what the Bible says about such things as this? And for whatever reason, my uh, cursor is off, so I'm trying to bring this up here. Well, the Bible tells us in the tables of the law, you shall not steal. You shall not steal. You shall not steal. Now, what do we think about stealing? Well, we think about the guy, excuse me. We think about the guy who sneaks in somebody's house to take a piece of property from them, right? Or maybe he hotwires their car and he takes their car. Maybe in some cases he steals their life, which is murder. Or he steals their wife, which is adultery. Or he steals, in another way, maybe he's a, a guy with a ledger. And he's embezzling money. Or maybe he steals by calling up people and telling them he's got some kind of scam for them. And if they'll just turn over their bank account and this, that, and the other, he'll, he'll take care of it. But there's also the theft of government. When they knowingly usurp their authority and do what we're doing with the Federal Reserve, write legislation that is unconstitutional, they've not been authorized to do, and fund it with that phony baloney money that they're getting from the Federal Reserve who's counterfeiting it, which devalues it. It devalues your labor. If you work this week and you got $400, you got $500, whenever they turn out bills like this, They just took a little bit of that money from you because your dollar doesn't buy as much as it did before. Do you understand how that works? And then the cost of the goods go up. Government has no... We talked just briefly here about the minimum wage. Government has no business dictating to businesses what they can and cannot agree with their employees to pay them. You said, but Tim, they're trying to get cheap labor. You know what? You can cry about that all you want to, but you don't know the first thing about economics. Those little burgers and chicken sandwiches and all that stuff you get when you go out, I've told you this before. You know, they used to be, you could get a whole meal for like $2 or something. Even the fast food places. Now it's like, Eight or ten dollars. It's ridiculous. Who can afford to go there? That's what I want to know. Not that you should be in a lot of cases, but you get my point. The Bible has something to say about this too. Leviticus chapter 19, verses 35 and 36. You shall do no wrong in judgment, in measurement of weight or capacity. You shall have just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hen. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You know, this is the reason Jesus was in the temple forming a cord and driving out the money changers. This is the reason he was there. Wasn't because they're, quote, at the time he was dealing with self-righteousness. They were self-righteous, but they were cheating the people. Okay, they were cheating the people. God calls having unjust weights and measurements 
an abomination. Proverbs 20, verse 10 says, Differing weight, weights and differing measures, both of them are abominable to the Lord. Now, some people will focus in on stuff like sodomy, and they'll say it's abomination, and they're right. And they'll say, God hates hands that shed innocent blood, and they're right, that it's an abomination. But they don't say anything about the phony baloney money printing out of the Federal Reserve that is differing weights and differing measurements. That's an abomination too. That's abomination too. Proverbs 11.1, 1, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Why? Because it's honest money. It's part, look, <clears throat> God's character is not money, but it is honesty, it is truthfulness, it is, it is justice. And he delights in that. When men follow after him in his image, he delights in those things. Now, here's what I want to do. <clears throat> Some years back, I worked for um, a friend of mine up in Virginia at uh, a place called NiceneCouncil.com. And, uh, you know, we got in trouble. We were doing very well. And then we started doing weekly videos called Against the World. Now, you... Um, you could still find some of these on YouTube, actually. <clears throat> and we would just take on a subject, take anywhere from three to eight minutes, something like that, for little videos and give a commentary. And we were doing this once a week. And one of the things that we ran across was a video called Not Yours to Give. Now, some of you may have seen it, some of you may not. But it's based on the true story of none other than Davy Crockett. You know, Alamo Davy Crockett, a, Congress, a, a, a member of Congress, Years ago, Davy Crockett. And in this brief video, it's it's got some it's kind of poor quality because it was done on VHS a long time ago. <clears throat> we were able to get in with the guy, or get in touch with the guy who had produced the video. Uh, he had given us the rights uh, to redo it, and we did some commentary on each end of it at the first and at the end. And I'm not going to play you the commentary. I just want to play you. The, it's, it's about 14 minutes, and you guys listening by Red State Talk Radio, you'll be able to hear all of it, okay, as to what's going on. But David Crockett got himself in a position to where he was giving away money that was not his to give as a member of Congress. And one of the people that he represented, that he represented said, I won't be voting for you because that money wasn't yours to give. See, they'd given like $20,000 uh, because about five houses burned down in Georgetown. And the guy calls him out and he says, $20,000, $20 million, what's the difference? None of it was yours to give. It's theft. That's what it is. Okay? So I, I want to give this, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to point out a couple of other things about these this COVID relief bill. But um, here it comes, not yours to give. And again, you guys by Red State Talk Radio, you'll be able to hear the conversation that takes place. Here it is. Dear Mr. Congressman, as a friend, I feel an obligation to explain to you why I cannot support you in the Charity Appropriations Bill. My conviction stems from an incident that happened just last winter. You may remember the night. It was frigid, or as some would say, colder than a beaver's tooth and ten times as destructive. I thought I saw him gnawed off in session there. <laughs> Colonel Crockett, this is a night. Well, a coonskin cap would be the more appropriate attire. Yes, sir. <laughs> Although coons have more sense when they come out on a night like this. <laughs> right. Colonel Crockett, 
All of Georgetown. It's on fire. What? Good God. Oh, no. Oh, let's see if we can help. The next morning, in a flurry of noble passion, my colleagues and I introduced a bill appropriating $20,000 for the relief of the good people of Georgetown. All other business was put aside so it could be rushed through. This is six months later, but you're listening by radio. Crockett. Oh, how you doing, old-timer? Fine, thank you. Say, you're doing a great job in Congress. You can count on my vote anytime. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Mr. Bunt, almost forgot your change. You're a fair man, Mr. Higgins. I appreciate your time. Oh, this is for your son. I overheard him say he'd like one. Why, thank you, Mr. Bunsen. He's often told me about your carbon. Thank you. See you next week. Uh, good morning to you, sir. I'm Colonel Crockett. And uh, I overheard your name to be Bunce. I believe there's a man named Bunce in my district. I believe you're right, Colonel. Well, if you're headed home, Mr. Bunce, I'd appreciate uh, riding along with you. It's not often I get a chance to jaw with my constituents. And since it's just... Since it's election time. Well, yes. All right. I'll get my horse. I had heard about this man from various sources. He was not what you would call sophisticated. He had a reputation for having a shrewd political eye. And I thought if I played my cards right, his influence could make my candidacy untouchable. But the ride proved to be uh, uncomfortable in more ways than one. So, Mr. Bunks, do you expect anyone to oppose me in the election this next term? Hey, this jerk in myself. I like it hot. Well, as I understand it, Mr. Bunce, I won't if I have your help. Now, word has that you're a man of influence in this county. Uh, what is your opinion of my first term in office? Well, Colonel, I think you've done some darn noble things. And some criminal ones. I will never vote for you again. Criminal? You said criminal, Mr. Bunce? I demand an explanation of what you meant. Forgive my seeming rudeness, Colonel. I didn't mean to insult you. But last winter, you raised a vote I just can't overlook, which shows, in my opinion, that you have neither the capacity to understand the Constitution nor the ability to be guided by it. I'm afraid I don't follow you, Mr. Bunce. I recall no vote last winter upon any constitutional question. Didn't you vote for a bill of $20,000 to relieve some sufferers of a fire in Georgetown? Well, Mr. Bunce, I do admit to that, certainly. But I doubt that anyone could complain about a great and rich nation like ours 
given the insignificant sum of $20,000 to relieve suffering women and children. Colonel, if you have the right to give to one, you have the right to give to all. And since the Constitution neither defines charity nor stipulates the amount, you are at liberty to give whatever you think proper to whomever you darn wish. So you see, Colonel, this opens a big barn door, not only for fraud, corruption, and favoritism on the one hand, but for robbing the people on the other. No, sir, Colonel, Congress has no right to give charity. Well, Mr. Bunce, you seem to be one of those men who likes to criticize without providing any solutions or alternatives. Colonel, I dare say that any of the individual members of Congress have felt any real sympathy for the people of Georgetown, they or some of them wealthy men in and around Washington could have given $20,000 without so much as a sneeze. No doubt those same folks applauded you the loudest because you relieved them of the necessity of giving by giving what was not yours to give. So you see, Colonel, you have violated the Constitution on what I consider a vital point. It is a precedent dangerous to the country. For when Congress begins to stretch its power beyond the boundaries of the Constitution, there's no limit to it, and therefore no security for the people. My place is just up ahead here. Amen. Okay, Mr. Congressman. In that moment, all the praise I had generated for myself because of my so-called noble Georgetown deed grew as worthless as the dust on my congressional boots. I wanted to argue with him, to, to justify at least some part of my action. But as I sat there, searching desperately for a point to contest, I saw that there was none. Because this simple farmer of remarkable intelligence and insight was absolutely and totally right. Oh. You can drag the horse up over there. As embarrassing as this is for me, I do admit to you, sir, that if I'd had your clear, hard sense and understanding of the Constitution, I'd have put my head in a cannon before I'd given that vote. I, uh, I realize that asking for your support would be pretty presumptuous. But if you'll vote for me again, I'll give you my solemn word as a United States congressman and a gentleman that I will never vote for another unconstitutional law so long as I live. I tell you, sir, Mr. Bunce had the uncanny ability to make a man sweat like he was caught between a she-bear and her cub. 
I didn't quite know what to expect next. Colonel, if I recall, it seems to me you made that same promise once before, when you were sworn into office. However, personally, I think I'm in favor of giving you another chance on one condition that you make the same apology to the folks around here that you just made to me. Now, if you do that, I'll see what I can do to push what little influence I have in your direction. Horatio Bunce spoke of the little influence he had, Mr. Congressman. I've been working pretty hard but everywhere I went, this humble man's name brought respect and attention and allowed me opportunities to appeal to the people. I was fortunate to spend several nights with different members of my constituency and became reunited with a treasure of simple ways and simple talk. Most importantly, I was able to spend many hours with Horatio Bunce. We often talked of the principles and affairs of government. About a week later, at a big get-together... all those people Got a good crowd for you to talk to. Fine crowd. ready to talk to these good folks? Indeed I am. All righty. Folks, please gather around. I hope our congressman here won't mind if his podium is a supper for my cow tomorrow. <laughs> or maybe you better ask the cow. <laughs> well, uh, Colonel Crockett? Fellow citizens or rather friends and neighbors. In this book, there's a proverb that says, before honor comes humility. You're looking at a man who's eaten of that apple. Now, many of you I've come to know well during the past couple of weeks, and my eyes have been opened up to truth, which ignorance or prejudice or pride had hidden from my view. I want to acknowledge publicly what I've been telling some of you privately. I made a mistake. I voted for an appropriation of money which was unconstitutional and morally wrong. I see now that my error has or will cost you in multiple ways. I understand more clearly how destructive a noble cause can become when it's under the direction of a misguided politician. And the cocky one at that. I will never make that same mistake again. Now, I, uh, I had planned to ask for your votes today, but I cannot. I simply ask for your forgiveness, not only as a congressman, but as a human being. Thank you. I'll tell you, Mr. Congressman, those honest, hearty shouts and the trust on the faces of those simple but wise people have meant more to me than all the honors I have received and all the reputation I have ever made.
that is why, sir, when you introduce the bill to aid the widow of that distinguished naval officer, I must vote no, for I cannot contribute to another act of unconstitutionality. I shall offer a suggestion that instead of an illegal appropriation to a charity case, that I, as the first, offer one week's salary to a private fund. And I'm sure that if every member of Congress will do the same, it will amount to more than the bill initially intended. Sincerely, Colonel David Crockett. When okay, um, <clears throat> a lot of you are asking where you can see this. Again, it will be in the archives that is at sonsoflibertymedia.com a little bit later on this morning. Be sure to sign up for the email list if you forget or whatever. Sign up for the email list. Go to sonslibertymedia.com. Scroll down on the right, and you'll be able to put your email in there. It will be in the um, archives and in the email this evening when it goes out, if you want to have that. I've got to upload this video. I haven't even uploaded it. And most, <clears throat> uh, some other people had taken it and used it before. We gave them permission to do it, but um, I'll, I'll have it up. And you'll get both the commentaries on both ends, which I think is, is very uh, helpful as well. But you see here, can you imagine, can you imagine a representative, a senator, or a president actually being confronted with this? Now, let me tell you something. If there was something you ought to notice here, Davy Crockett said he spent the past few weeks with the people. There's no cameras. There's no photo ops. There's no mainstream media. He had to deal with the people. And in getting to know the people by living among them, they kept him in check. This, to me, is something the people should start demanding. Instead of uh, hearing stuff from people like AOC who says, I can't afford an apartment. i got to find an apartment. I can't find anything in D.C. All these people talking about living in D.C. How about you guys start coming and living home among your people who are going to keep you accountable? That's number one. And number two, they don't need to be up there all year anyway. The more they're up there, it seems the more unconstitutional, lawless actions that they do against the people. The more money they steal. And this is a great point here, guys. This makes the point. If you can do it with twenty grand for five families over here, you can do it with... $6.5 trillion for families and corporations and banksters and businesses and all unconstitutional spending on all kinds of other silly stuff that's a wasteful spending. You can give it to foreign countries. And the American people get stuck with the bill. No, no, no. Charity is not the duty of government. Charity is the duty of the people, you and me. And that includes our representatives. We are to love our neighbor as ourself. It's easy to give away everybody else's money, isn't it? See, this is part of the thing with Bill Gates. I'm not going to get way off the thing. But do you know that a lot of Bill Gates' money that he's used in these vaccine things are coming from you, the people? They're coming from all these governments who are giving into his, fun, his foundation, and then he looks like the big philanthropist giving away all his money. He's not, the, he's not the one giving away all of his money. He's giving away your money. 
And then he's going to make money off your money. Every government giving to these foundations like the Clinton Foundation, the Gates Foundation, or any of this other stuff, all of those people are doing nothing more than what Davy Crockett did. Except they're unwilling to acknowledge that it's theft. And they're unwilling to, to apologize. And they're unwilling to repent and stop doing it. And give fruit of repentance like Davy Crockett did and say, I can't vote for that this thing over here for this widow of this naval officer. I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to do that anymore. See, that's real repentance. Now, <clears throat> I'll take it a step further. What David Crockett should have added on to that is, I'm going to speak to my colleagues in Congress, and we're going to raise that $20,000 and put it back to the people. That would have been the full, the full fruit of repentance. You say, why should you do that? Anybody ever heard of Zacchaeus? He was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, right? Well, what happened when he saw him, and he went home with him? The Bible tells us that they were at home, and all of a sudden Zacchaeus stood up. Now, remember what Zacchaeus was. He was an agent of the state. People hated publicans. He was a publican. What was a publican? Publican was a guy who was collecting taxes for the Roman Empire. And in collecting the taxes from the people, he tacked on a little extra for himself, except for Zacchaeus, he tacked on quite a bit. And he was a short little guy, that's why he had to get up in the tree. And nobody liked the publicans. They were Judases to their people, that's what they were considered. This is why when Jesus talks about the difference between the publican and the Pharisee when they're in the temple praying... The publican's over there beating his chest. He won't even look up to heaven and he's saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the Pharisee is over there going, God, I'm, I'm glad I'm not like that guy over there. You know, I'm glad you're in love with me. I'm glad I'm one of your favorites. And Jesus said it was the publican who went down to his house justified. He wasn't seeking his own righteousness but a righteousness that came outside of himself. We know that righteousness comes from the person of Jesus Christ who gave himself for sinners. But Zacchaeus, what did he do? He didn't justify his theft, his unjust weights and balances, his deceit and his fraud of his neighbors. He stood up and he said, whatever I've taken more than I should have, I'm going to pay it back fourfold. Where did he get that? <clears throat> Where did he get that? He got that right out of the law. See, when you steal, you don't go to jail. When you steal, you repay. And you don't pay the state, you pay the person you stole from. And usually you tack on some interest of some sort. Sometimes it was fourfold. But you repay it back. And Jesus looked and he said, today salvation has come to this house. Now let me ask you something, friends. Have you had that kind of conversion? Or did you just ask Jesus in your heart? Because the Bible doesn't know anything about that. But it does know something about real repentance. And that comes through being born again. What have you had? Have you had worldly sorrow? Or have you had godly sorrow that leads to repentance. 
and a demonstration of that repentance by what you do. I'll, I'll go ahead and give you an example. Years ago, before I became, became a Christian, I manipulated things to where I had stolen something from somebody that I worked for that treated me overall very well. When I became a Christian, I went to that man and I said, I was the one who did that and I would like to make it right. I barely had enough money to cover what I had taken and I went there to do it. Now this guy looked at me and he goes, you keep that, you need that more than I do, but I appreciate your, I wanted to make it right. And he told me, he said, you keep that. I've got more than enough. I appreciate the honesty. Well, has has our repentance, does it have any flesh on it? Does it show our actions from, from what we were and what we were doing to what we claim that we are doing now in repentance? What about our congressman? <clears throat> How many of us will justify the spending of all this money? Listen to this. This is another thing. This comes from the Epoch Times. 42 Senate Democrats support direct payments to illegal immigrants. To illegal immigrants. This coming out of this, this is, this is carried over from the Epoch Times. Dozens of Democrat senators in a Senate session that is still going early Friday voted to show their support for sending stimulus checks to illegal immigrants. Republicans offered a flurry of amendments during the Senate's budget reconciliation debate as Democrats aim at using the budget process to ram through President Joe Biden's COVID-19 relief package. The non-binding amendments are a way to get Democrats on the record about various issues. And what they go on to say is they want to talk about all of this funding here. Okay? All of this funding that goes through. Um, And in that, they're wanting to have these direct payments here to these illegals. Now, I, I got a question for you. What did we just learn? It's wrong for Congress to give it to citizens, let alone illegal immigrants. I know some people want to justify it. This is the great thing about the the little clip that I played for you. Here was a guy confronted with his sin. Davy Crockett was confronted with his sin by the people he represented. And the people were willing to forgive him and even allow him to represent them, give him another chance. Because he was humble about it. And he he repented. And he demonstrated that with the fruits of repentance. Isn't that a great thing? Isn't that a great thing? Humility shown, repentance demonstrated. I think that's a great thing. I really do. And the problem, though, in our country is we're not calling anybody to repentance. We just keep electing the same people, sticking them back up there, overlooking their crimes against us, not calling them out because they got our political jersey on, 
If you don't believe me, <clears throat> I wish I could bring up all of the stupidity that I saw in the chat during the Trump administration. Just the absolute stupidity. The justification of the violation of the Constitution of that man in office. And, and he wasn't the only one. It was congressional people, too. Okay? But as though his crime was not as bad as Joe Biden's violations of the Constitution, or Barack Obama's violations of the Constitution, or George W. Bush's violation of the Constitution, or anybody else's. No, no, no. Trump is our guy. He's not an insider. He's draining the swamp. I mean, there are still people still thinking he's going to be seated. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I guess there's some stuff that's going to be heard at the Supreme Court level. But there are people who still will justify whatever the man did because he had their political jersey on. And they were unwilling to be humble. They were unwilling to call him out on it. And they went and they cast their votes for the red tyranny rather than the blue tyranny. And they've got the blue tyranny. There are several articles here on constitutional money that I'm going to have in the archive later on this morning. Um, there's also one more thing. Let me point this out. We had this out. I don't even know what day I'm in. Yeah, two days ago. I was going to say yesterday. Um, but within this, the guys who are censoring you, Silicon Valley, the guys who are censoring you, the guys who are cutting off your news and letting you think for yourself critically, guess what? They're in this bill too. This comes out of Fox Business. The House version of the coronavirus stimulus bill contains more than $100 million for an underground railroad project in Silicon Valley, for which planning has been going on for several years but hasn't yet broken ground. The funding is for Phase 2 of the Bay Area Transit Authority, or BART, expansion, and it was tucked into the House Transportation Committee's section of the bill under a funding provision for, quote, all projects under Section 3005 of public law, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Silicon Valley, the guys that are shutting you down, got their hand out for your money. How do you like them apples? And why is that? The people who are supposed to uphold the law, make sure the laws are faithfully enforced, Article 2, Section 3, didn't enforce the law. It didn't enforce the law. That's why you have Joe Biden in the White House. That's why you have these guys stealing your money. That's why you have all this stuff going on. The draining of the swamp didn't happen. It just got stirred around a little bit. That's it. And we need serious repentance here in America. Love you guys. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 23 hours. See ya.